0: And when you walked in, it was like everyone turned around. It was like, huh? Like, mm-hmm. literally, music stopped. People just started looking. Now, situations like that, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly, sis, this is I mean, not your made, scene.
1: It made several <laughs> of the other people that we were there. They were like, is Amber uncomfortable? And I was like, yeah, we should probably leave. We should probably leave. I'm... Hello everyone. Welcome back to episode five of Beyond Our DNA. I'm David.
0: And I'm Amber. And we thank you so much for returning and tuning in to week five, episode five. This is exciting.
1: Yeah. So on this week's episode, we're going to be tackling another topic around the cultural differences that we have with our various different friend groups Mm -hmm. and some of the challenges that we have. Uh, With them, and then uh, some of the lessons that we've learned in areas that we focused on as a couple.
0: Yeah. So when we're choosing our topics, this was a huge one because you're you have to think about like last week we talked about family values, and sometimes you're not being accepted. But there's another dynamic which is friends.
1: Just as important. Yeah,
0: and friends have a huge role in our lives, Mm -hmm. and when you love someone and you meet someone you want them to meet your friend you want them to like them how you like them and introducing one another to our friends may not always go as planned and um david and i have some interesting experiences dealing with this so i found this really cool article in huffington post that kind of related to this topic it stated that in 2014 a study found that three quarters of white people don't have any non-white friends. A hundred friends a white American had, 91 were white. On average, they had one black friend, one Asian friend, one Latino friend, one mixed friend, and three friends of unknown races.
1: And I think it's uh, it's sad, but funny at the same time, because they always talk about how, oh, I have one black friend. Yeah. And like, statistically, that unfortunately is is what it is. Yeah,
0: and then it says by comparison, the average Black American had eight white friends and eighty three Black friends in a hundred friends scenario. And it says the sad reality is that as adults, we tend to racially we tend to be racially segregated in our friendships, just as we are in our neighborhoods. While interracial friendships are fairly commonplace during our school years, studies have shown that as you got got older, you grew apart. And I thought that was very interesting. One, because me growing up, I grew up in a very, you know, culturally diverse background. Mm -hmm. Like all of my friends were literally of different nationalities. I had a friend from Dominican Republic. I had a friend that was Somalian. Um, I had black friends. I had white friends, African friends. I've literally had all different friends from walks of life. So I grew up, going over their house eating different kind of foods i mean they spoke different languages so i already was kind of heavily engrossed in having friends of different backgrounds different cultures so when you say like oh black people only have has actually more friends outside of their race i think that is kind of true yeah what about you
1: yeah, I, I think it also depends on, like, where you grew up and the environment that you're around. Because for me, right, I grew up in Northern Virginia and in my particular neighborhood, which was, you know, a little bit more blue collary kind of, for Northern Virginia, that is. Mm-hmm. You know, my neighborhood was predominantly Spanish and white. And mm-hmm. so we played a ton of soccer growing up.
0: I guess for my first point from this article... David and I had an experience where feeling that isolation, if you're the only black person in like a social environment or if you're the only white person or if you're the only one race of any kind of social environment. I remember there was a a situation. We went to a brewery and where this brewery is located, it's in a predominantly white area. Normally, I really wouldn't care about where we are we get looks wherever we go wherever we are because we're so gorgeous (laughs) but this particular situation we were meeting up with a few friends of david's and their friends now mind you we i we've never met these other people before but i came over and it i just felt so i think this was the first place where i felt extremely like excluded I felt so isolated. I felt really just not necessarily saying unwelcome because they were there. I mean, they ended up being just super amazing. But I went in with so many different thoughts in my head. I just didn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm looking for. And David kind of sensed it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to excuse myself, go to the bathroom. I literally went to the bathroom and had to pray Mm -hmm. because I was like, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to feel like I am making a reason, you know, why I'm not being sociable. But I just felt so, I just felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And most of my close, close friends, they've all moved away. I do have some friends here. I remember texting her, and she lives in LA, and I remember texting her saying, sometimes I wish you were here just so I I don't feel like I'm the only <laughs> black person in the room. And literally you have this lot tons of people. Mm-hmm. Literally no one looks like you. And it makes you feel inferior.
1: Yeah, I think it's just it, it just makes you feel like really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, it's not an, an environment that you're really used to. Yeah. You know.
0: And it's how do I make David feel comfortable if he was in that position? And or how does David make me feel comfortable in that position? Honestly, I feel like you kind of get used to it because I I do feel like outside of my church family and like my family, we hang out a lot more with your friends. Mm -hmm. And I think you have one black friend. (laughs) You literally have one black friend and there's nothing wrong with that. But I've adapted and I feel like I adapt in every environment. They're cool. And I think once that barrier kind of comes down, when you can start getting closer and cooler with people, of course you feel more inclusive or included, but... I definitely feel like everywhere we go, if it's everywhere we go, I always feel like, wow, I'm literally the only black person here. And I feel like the whole world is staring at me.
1: So I think all of this really elevated when we threw our first party and we had our summer summer soiree. Mm-hmm.
0: We just we just first started dating.
1: First started dating you know new new environment and trying to kind of bring our groups together. And
0: we're just so excited. like, oh yes, we bring been your been friends, so my friends, your family, my family. Let them all meet one another. This was like our way of inviting our friends and our family together to meet.
1: And then we just, it was just such a cluster. We had.
0: So David's people got there first. If Mm -hmm. not, they were early. I guess David just said, oh, you know, my girlfriend's name is Amber. Mm -hmm. Automatically, you think it's a white girl. Mm -hmm. And And when they came.
1: Nicole, no
0: less. Can you? (laughs) Right. So then when they came in the place, you know, they greeted David and I want to say there was someone else there that they thought that was Amber. They didn't know that I was black. Mm-hmm. So that was like the big the big elephant in the room like, oh, wow, she's black. Even one of your co-workers was like, oh, you know, I didn't think people that look like me would be here, you know. But then when my family came in, my family is very, you know, we're loud. Wow. The music was on. Mm-hmm. It's a party. Mm-hmm. They come up the stairs like, oh, like, screw. <laughs> Demon. Uh-huh. And all of David's friends just froze. Uh-huh. Literally, everyone that was in the living room that was initially there for David kind of trickled outside. <laughs> I think it was maybe like The only
1: section.
0: T- right. That's exactly what it was. And still, people didn't know that I was Amber. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I tried to make the best of the night. And so, my family, who was very just, you know, we're here that we know how to just hang. So we having a ball dancing and everything, and you you just gradually see David people just trickling out. It was so bad. It was so bad. So that was probably our first encounter of um, us trying to introduce our friend groups together. Have you had an experience where you felt like
1: Yeah, I I think more recently when we celebrated your mom's celebration.
0: Yeah, family gathering.
1: For me, that was the first time that I felt a little bit awkward, maybe outside of church as I'm like trying to get to know people. Mm -hmm. And even though I knew most of the people that were there, Mm -hmm. there was still a large group of friends of your family that I didn't know. Yeah. And so. For me, going into that situation, I wasn't expecting there to be anyone new, mm-hmm. and so it really threw me off. Yeah, like I walked in and I'm like, "Oh, who are those people?" Right. And and so it made me just like a little bit more on edge or uncomfortable because I was just trying to figure out, like, okay, like who are these people? How do I connect with them? And 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 that was kind of like the big awkward challenge for me
0: yeah and when david is feeling some type of way because david is very talkative guy if you guys don't know already. But when he's uncomfortable or like stressed, you like turn it off. Yeah. You literally are so quiet. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at you and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And then he goes, oh, no, I'm fine. And I can clearly tell something's <laughs> off. He's literally not saying a peep. Uh-huh. And we're playing like Taboo. Like the most lively game you can, oh, no, Pictionary. Yeah. The most lively game. And he was so quiet. So.
1: Also because I'm embarrassed I can't draw. Oh, gosh. Or spell. I
0: don't even remember what was going on. Well, you can't spell. It's, it's real bad. <laughs> it's real bad. But, you know. If there's know... typos in the show
1: notes, just assume that was me.
0: <laughs> but it just goes to show you about different perspectives. You don't, you're not the only one. We live in Northern Virginia area. Right. Predominantly white neighborhood. Literally, I feel like I've only seen like three black people in this neighborhood. Either way.
1: I've seen more than that at the track field.
0: Oh, God. And either way, in our neighborhood, you just learn how to adapt. Yeah. You kind of have to learn that it's not always the other person. And there may be situations where the other person really aren't feeling you. But just like the situation, like I said, when we were at the brewery, you know, those group of people, they were super sweet, like so nice, you know. and
1: Oh, you're talking about the first. Oh no!
0: Yeah, I, they saw, were, I
1: thought you were telling a totally different story, but now I know exactly what you mean.
0: Yeah, and so from David's perspective, he saw it like, well, you know, I saw them. I mean, I was uncomfortable too, mm-hmm. but he was uncomfortable not because of the fact that he was Davis. black, but the fact that it he was just knew. Yeah, he just didn't know them, and <laughs> so
1: trying to like interject in conversation and like.
0: Right, you and these are people who all know each other, yeah. who's all have known each other for so long, and they have we're inside the jokes. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so I'm looking at it as far as uncomfortable, not only in this fring, in this group, but just in the entire wow. place. It's just like, oh my goodness, so, this is just.
1: I think from this, as as we're talking about this and not preparing in our show notes or anything about this, I think it's it's different. It adds. So one, being in a new environment, mm-hmm. right, adds a layer of complexity. But then it's also adding that, I don't want to say racial element, but yeah, adding the racial but that's element the whole purpose. Yeah. of it takes it from a, a yeah. level six to a level yeah. eight. Think about language. Mm-hmm. Think
0: about music and cultural backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I literally listen to every type of music there is. Mm-hmm. Maybe not everything. So even when we are somewhere. No predominantly white population or whatnot, even that there's music playing, I still know certain music or whatever the case may be. I try not to let it get to me, mm-hmm. but you you do feel very inferior and uncomfortable. Yeah. What about conversations? How would you say, does a conversation change to you?
1: Well, I think that we had a few situations recently where we were out at, a, at another place where someone was making some comments towards you, trying to, you know, be smart.
0: Where was this? Because that's like always.
1: A lot. When we're talking about the hair.
0: Well, no, that situation I feel like are certain topics off the table. Mm-hmm. You, I get the whole thing of you want to educate yourself and you want to know, and but if I'm out, I came to hang out, just to hang out with my husband, kick back, whatever, like we do, play cards. I'm not there to sit here and give you a black history lesson. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I know we want more people to be engaged in Black Lives Matter and understand it and educate yourselves and all that. But sometimes... Bringing up random conversations. Well, how do you like George Floyd? What do you think about George Floyd? In the midst of us having a good time, it's literally like a buzzkill. It's one of those things where it's just like, hmm, are you trying to be smart? Like, turns into a debate. Like, certain t- topics you should just table. Unless, I don't know, because it's like, when when is there time to talk about political, so. you know, or social things? But in that moment... No one, I don't want to talk about black lives. that's a sensitive topic to me and for me to try to have to explain it to you and it from it is very annoying. I'm literally having a 45 minute conversation you asking me my perspective of how do how do I feel about George Floyd? Yeah well, how do you feel about George Floyd? Do you think everything that went down is okay? Mm-hmm. Well, how do you like the Black Lives Matter movement? How do you like the Black Lives Matter movement? Why are you asking me questions like that? Mm -hmm. It literally gets me so annoyed. I'm not here for that. And it's a time and a place for all things. I'm not here for that.
1: I think what you just said is exactly right. There's a time and a place. And I think that... One, if you take the time to get to know Amber or get to know your friend and you're having a deep conversation.
0: That's different.
1: That would be the time to bring Mm -hmm. that up. Not randomly. This is the first time you've met this person and you're like, so what's your thought on this? Yeah.
0: And I'm like, okay. And then you're trying to give me your spiel on why you voted this person and that person. I'm literally sitting here like, look, bro. Uno or what? Like, <laughs> I'm do you have a blue or blue six or a red six? I don't care right now. Like, I'm not in that
1: yeah.
0: mindset to speak about that. Even, you know, not too long ago, I, I had braids in my hair. I had uh, what they call knotless braids. And I had it up in like this high bun. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is the first time that your friends have seen me with braids in my hair. Everyone knows black women are very sensitive about their hair. We love hair, we love to change our hair up and down, but I kind of feel like if you're not gonna ask the same questions to that white girl sitting next to you, do not sit here and single me out in a whole group, a whole Mm -hmm. table where one, I am the only black woman sitting here. Mm -hmm. It's all either white males, one other white girl, and you're asking about how my hair is. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's not all your hair? And I'm looking at David like, okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. And I was very uncomfortable, but I was answering the questions. But it just dawned on me how ignorant and annoying people can be. And so they continue to say, okay, well, do you intertwine your braids? Like, okay, so he's trying to educate me on how my braids are done.
1: I think he's just trying to look smart. Like, he he knows what he's – but it's like, dude, no one cares here.
0: And it was like, there was – a white girl sitting next to you. And I wanted to just be like, why are we sitting here talking about my hair? When she has her hair done a certain way, do you go up to her and ask her, do you have extensions in your hair? Mm-hmm. But there's this expectation that that's just their natural hair. They don't have any dye or any color or, you know, their hair just natural. That You know what I mean? There's always just this fascination with how black women get their hair, the styles that we get it. So then they started going, you know, I love your hair when it's this way. Or is that a wig? Oh, my goodness. How do you like, why do you wear your hair this way? Well, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting here looking at David like, all right, I got literally two more questions in me. And either I'm about to go off or I'm about to just walk off. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of it could just be projection. But... (laughs) It bothers me. It really does and He's trying to teach me, oh, so is this how you braid your hair? And I'm like, dude, oh, and I'm trying to get, what's the difference between knotless and other kind of braids and other kind of hairstyles and what are cornrows? And it's just like, okay, X Google because I'm over it. No, but
1: I, I think it's also in the environment, right? If he were to genuinely ask that. Yeah. You and him separately? Yeah. You'd probably be fine with it. But it's like asking in front of a whole table. Is when like, I don't,
0: when like one. if
1: someone were to comment on my hair, for instance. Yeah. In front of a whole table, I would be I would a little answer, emb- but I'd be a, probably a little annoyed.
0: Or a little embarrassed. But it, it started how one guy was saying how he likes my hair. He had never seen my hair like that. And he liked my hair. And then the other one interjected, well, how do you get your hair like that? You know, like, what's the process? Sir, Google it. hmm Google it. It's not the first time you've seen braids. Mm-hmm. It can just be so so annoying, and and I try my best to stay friendly, <laughs> kind, right. but oh, you'd be trying me. It really be trying me, and I definitely notice that in our friend groups. There's huge. I mean, there's still huge cultural barriers, mm-hmm. and just sometimes, annoying what to talk about and what's appropriate. Or, or, you know, some people needed to be a little filtered. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you're just around, like, your family, you know, they tend to say some things that can be racial. Yeah. And when you're separated from those groups, that's fine. I know. And I won't call her up, but my sister, she's always apologizing to you because she's always calling somebody a Caucasian. <laughs> Caucasian something. But not realizing How many racial slurs that you normally would say in like your regular friend groups, Mm -hmm. and when you come around someone of that nationality, you're like, Oh, wait, this is actually maybe offensive. Mm -hmm. Just being conscious of that.
1: So, what would you say are some of the lessons that we've learned
0: through this whole process? Honestly, not always projecting, yeah, not everything is about race. Mm -hmm. I feel like I look at it always through that lens now. I feel like it's it's heightened for me mm-hmm. this summer, and like we already talked about of course, this, yeah. it's it's heightened for me. So I literally look at everything from that that scope, but I have to be a little a lot more broad in my perspective. How you said, maybe you just don't know them. Maybe they're
1: just assholes.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe they're just staring because they think you're pretty. Don't always think negatively. Right. And don't always project how you feel onto others, which I think is a really great lesson
1: yeah because if you continue to have that negative yeah outlook on life it's only going to continue oh to for sure the negative outlook mm-hmm. and it's going to continue to perpetuate that right
0: and you say oh because why because i'm black and that's that mentality that and you look at everything from everything that lens at
1: is, is in that not to say
0: the majority of the time is not that but in certain instances you have to look at it from a different perspective and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right
1: Exactly, yeah. So I would just make sure that as you're thinking about things and as you're working through things as a couple, one, checking in. If we go to an event that is like all of my uh, executives or something like that, checking in on you, like making sure how you're feeling comfortable. Mm -hmm. Or if we go to... You know, a cookout or church or, or an event at your company or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Checking in and seeing it's not only a new event where there might be different, a whole different group of people, yeah. but then it might be an additional layer there of...
0: or. That the remember the time, and I know we're wrapping up, but I have to say this story. Mm-hmm. Remember the time we went to that it was like in in Virginia, Alexandria, I think, on King mm-hmm. Street, and we went to that bar. Mm-hmm. Literally, David and I walked in the bar, and I feel like this was around the time we were still it's like dating. An Irish bar. It was an Irish like pub, but we were meeting some of his friends, and literally, it was like. A motorcycle gang in there. Everyone mm-hmm. had on leather jackets uh-huh. and their heads were shaved bald, like mm-hmm. skinned bald. Mm-hmm. And when you walked in, it was like everyone turned around. It was like, uh? Like mm-hmm. literally music stopped. People just started looking. Now situations like that, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly, sis, this is I mean, not your made, scene.
1: It made several <laughs> of the other people that we were there. They were like is Amber uncomfortable? And I was like, "Yeah, we should probably, we should probably leave." I mean, it was
0: literally. <laughs> um, since I felt like I was in another world, yeah. it was like this is not your scene. And some places like that, if you're that uncomfortable, I do feel like it's susceptible to leave because you should never feel yeah. uncomfortable being around any anybody or anything. In that moment, I I, I had to tell David like, "We gotta uh, go." And I whispered it to him. And we stayed for a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I you know, and I topped I you him. And ordered, like,
1: a little bit of wings. And, and I was,
0: like, it. you know, jamming to the band because I love live bands. I don't care where I go. I love a live band. Uh-huh. And I was just like, <clears throat> okay, babe. I, I was over this at that point. But that was hilarious. It was.
1: All right, so as we wrap up here with our game, Love Languages, which if you haven't gotten this card game, we'll have a link in the description, but it's an awesome game. helps you to really connect. The first question that we have is from the family category, which is, what is your favorite memory with your dad or your mom? Me?
0: For you. Oh, well, duh. I'm the only one down here. (laughs) 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 My favorite memory with my mom, I would say... It was my birthday, 2016, I believe. At this time, yes, she was sick, and she was up. I had a birthday party, like a 70s birthday party at my house. And she was up in the kitchen cooking. Cook, She cooked all of the food. She was dancing, talking. I mean, she was just in such great spirits. I think that was probably... Not my favorite moment, but one of the last most memorable moments I had with my mom.
1: For me, I would say my most favored memory, although I started hating it later on in life, was when we would go to the beach. My family had a 40-year-old tent at the time why so my mom got this tent from her parents Mm -hmm. we would use this tent there's plenty tents like tents have massively upgraded in terms of their technology so (laughs) that you don't get wet when you're inside the tent but no we would use this tent that was 40 years old and i have to dig a moat around the entire thing and then we have to set up a a tarp on top of it to make sure that water didn't fall in because it wasn't waterproof. People I mean,
0: were probably looking at y'all like, "Yeah, we're crazy, crazy,
1: crazy." And uh, it would take hours to set up. It was a it was a lot of fun going to the beach and mm-hmm. like going That's there, cute. playing arcade games. And my cousins would also go to the beach, mm-hmm. and so it was just a great time with family. But as we got older, I started to really hate it because then I had to dig all the trenches and like wake up in the middle of the night when it was raining in the tent. And fix it. But
0: I think with my dad, I felt like my favorite moments were when, you know, my dad was always well known. Everybody knew him. Everywhere we went, everybody knew who my dad was. He was very, he's a very popular guy. And I remember when he would pick us up and we always went down Northwest DC and we always, it was always like a block party or it was, that's where he grew up. And it was always just so much fun. I remember just riding with him and like the memories with him were like him either listen to smooth jazz 105.9, 5.9 mm-hmm. or Al Green 105.9 Exactly. And you tell to, to to, to, to your age <laughs> or Al Green. And all right. that's all he played and he would drive his this white pickup truck he had with all of us in there and we would just cruise, man. I mean, it was just some good times. It was good times. Good me- good memories. Awesome.
1: Well, we thank you very much for tuning in to Episode 5, talking about the cultural differences between our friend groups and the things that we work through. So we're super excited. We'll come again on our next episode. Woo-hoo. Episode
0: 6. Episode six. So Make sure that you subscribe. We love the
1: comments that you guys are leaving, so yes. please continue. Please, and, please. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week.
0: Bye. Have a good one.
1: Thanks.